everyone and welcome to this week's On The Spot. I'm Zach Strickland here with, as usual, John Paul Hampstead. John Paul, hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going well, man. Yeah. Um, the freight markets are deceptively solid or surprisingly solid. Or I'm, I'm, I'm always waiting for, I'm paranoid <laughs> about the bad news. Like when's the other shoe gonna drop? Um, but right now, you know, uh, volumes are sort of horizontal, like, like you said uh, before the show. Um, holding up pretty well, all things considered. Rates are, you know, higher than they were for most of 2019. Um, kind of just slightly below kind of the, the June-July peak. Um, and uh, I think most surprisingly, tender rejections have kind of, you know, solidified above 7%, which is where they, again, above um, most of 2019 levels. So. It's not so bad right now. No, it's not the worst. I mean, you expect this, you know, softening this time of year in January. We really saw a quick decline out of Christmas. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, right. about a week or two ago, it just kind of hit the brakes. You know, tender rejections fell quickly off of their 14% peak, which again, the highest value of all of 2019. Uh, and then they kind of started leveling out around 8% and then have been slowly falling incrementally every day for the last couple of, uh, you know, several days. And, you know, I think we were talking about this earlier in the week. Now, the markets in the areas of the country that are having the easiest uh, go of it, especially if you're a shipper, uh, have been the bigger markets. Yeah, yeah. It seems like um, freight markets are operating pretty efficiently right now. Mm -hmm. So, and what I mean by that is that uh, the big volume markets are getting covered pretty well. So places like Los Angeles, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Atlanta, Georgia, Chicago, our big markets in terms of share have pretty low rejections. Yeah. Now we are seeing a couple trouble spots in places like um, Mobile, Wilmington, Buffalo, which, you know, Buffalo's Buffalo. Um, <laughs> Columbus, Ohio, interestingly, is tighter than the national average. And also, uh, one of the major markets out west, Salt Lake City, is actually pretty tight. Uh, you want to talk about Salt Lake City? Yeah, Salt Lake City was, you know, not traditionally one of the favorite places for carriers to operate out of, but it's certainly been a growth market over the last several months. And a lot of that growth has come from the reefer sector. Uh, surprisingly, uh, right, out, out right. west, and not a lot of people think of Salt Lake City as this big reefer hub, but there's actually quite a few uh, big, uh, you know, refrigerated storage facilities out there because you can distribute across the west out of there, but it's also a point where you could come out of the Pacific Northwest. And isn't, wasn't um, CR England always a yes. big uh, refrigerated carrier as well? Out sort of, of concentrated out, in there? They are they are in uh, the Salt Lake area. They originated Plain there. Plain City, yeah. 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 And, but at the same time, like, you're, you have all this produce coming out of the Pacific Northwest, potatoes, right. onions. I was talking to right. Kent Baker this uh, earlier today about the Pacific Northwest, how they're constantly on this. They're a lot more volatile of late. You know, last yeah. winter was... Especially the minor kind of eastern markets yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, we're not uh, talking are, Seattle are, are, are or Portland. Tight. We're talking like Pendleton, right. Spokane, Twin Falls, Idaho, Boise, all those cities out there because you have a lot of potatoes there. So, a lot of potatoes, a lot of onions. And again, we had a bad potato harvest this year, uh, right. apparently due to that early cold. It was warm out east, freezing out west, really did some damage to the potato crop. Interesting. I always want, you know, I've seen those images of those massive caves that they have out there, just yeah. like full of millions and millions of potatoes. And I wonder, like, the, the sort of the, 
the stock to sales ratio or the inventory to sales ratio? How does that work? Like how long can you store potato underground for? Well, Ken Baker says that they need to be around, they keep them around 42 degrees. Uh, that present that prevents them from you know sprouting, sprouting and yeah. doing the root thing and right. uh, going soft on you. Interesting. So because technically, I mean, you don't have to store potatoes in the fridge or anything like that. No, so no, people no. don't think that it's a refrigerated item. Uh, they need to be in the dark. Yes. So they'll sprout if they're <laughs> and then the light. Why are we talking? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny. But yeah, so there are a couple of, a couple of markets where things have tightened up. You know, I think that's you know it's partially weather. It's partially just you know kind of what happens. Um, you know, just seasonally, like, like when you have unexpected volume surges. But can we talk about um, West Coast ports a little bit? There's been some interesting yes. action over there. Yeah, so the West Coast, we're coming up on Chinese New Year. Right, uh, which so is that, uh, January 25th. 25th. Yeah. Uh, so that means that we can expect an increasing amount of freight coming into that market, loading it up uh, right before the you know the holiday out there. Now, again, it doesn't mean that January 25th the freight is just going to stop or die. It means that about four to six weeks after that period of time, you'll see this big troughing effect. But right before that trough, you're going to see this big spike. I believe uh, last year we saw a 20% so decline the, so, in LA volumes. So that should we expect that to occur uh, to occur in sort of like mid to late February. Be like late February, early March. Okay. Last year we saw a 20% decline in LA outbound volumes off of this peak. Right. Uh, and we oh, saw for, yeah for trucking yeah, especially. For trucking. Yeah, okay, I see. I see. For rail volumes, it was a 24% decline, and you can see this happen every year. Uh, about four weeks after Chinese New Year hits, because that's traditionally when you, you know, it takes them that long for that freight to stop rolling off out of uh, the area over there, and then, again, it takes two to four weeks right. for that boat to get over here. Yep. And then it takes them a while to get that production back online once they start back in the factory. Yeah, it's it's traditionally a time when. Um, Chinese manufacturing workers take the opportunity to change jobs. Yep. They often don't tell their employers that they're not returning after the holiday. They just find a new, they come back to the city, find a new job. Um, last year, obviously, there there was just a massive short, like step down in Chinese manufacturing and exports yeah. because of um, how bad the trade war was getting and how bad uh, economic growth in China was. But we, I don't, we don't expect that um, this time. We think that the recovery should be fairly robust. Um, it looks like, you know, the, uh, the Chinese one. Central Bank, the Ch so yeah, phase one of the trade deal should be a positive. Um, the Chinese Central Bank is easing a lot. They've um, sort of reduced the m amount of cash that the banks have to hold in reserve mm -hmm. um, let them to, to basically let them lend more, which right. it's always a great sign. It's a little, sure. little risky. <laughs> Yeah, but um, you know what that does is allows uh, more jobs to be created, more goods to be manufactured. So as long as uh, the American consumer holds up, um, and we just got the retail sales numbers for December this morning, uh, crazy year-over-year uh, -year growth in December. Really good. And yeah. again, they was had it five point eight percent. Now there's two things Something happening like here. Last year you probably don't, something percent. Last year you probably don't recall, but December came in on. on usually soft, like we weren't expecting it to be that off. We actually had a lot of people question the government data on that. So 2018, 2018's retail sales number was actually really, really low. You can see it in this chart. You know, I was looking in Sonar, there's literally like a little a little notch right there mm -hmm. that bumps down Ouch. out of nowhere. And, uh, but you know, some people questioned because there were a lot of positive results from Visa, for instance, was like, you know what, we had a great year. Uh, 
So that's that's a contributing factor, but I also think that we do know that this year's retail uh, sales situation was strong. We can see it in our data. We can see it in our trucking data. We can see it in the maritime data. Yeah. Coming into the country, yeah. think about it. We had a, a compressed retail season in terms of losing a week between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Right. Truckload volumes were four to five percent higher for four weeks. Uh, because you have this compression. Uh, again, that just meant that the demand side was strong. And uh, I think that's that's a positive thing. And the consumer, again, we've talked about it on, me and Anthony have talked about this consistently on Freightonomics and our monthly webinars, how retail has been kind of the the beacon of hope or light for right. the economy, right? Which is which is fine for the for the U.S. because it is it is a major part of the economy. So it's not like it's the one small thing that's 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 you know pulling the economy along. It's it's a the, the major big part of the economy. The consumption the sector is doing well. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you know we'll hopefully uh, this phase one trade deal, even if it's sort of incomplete, even if it's limited in scope. It might be enough to start changing kind of a business community sentiment around investment. I mean, I think I'll, you know, I've read um, from numerous analysts that pretty much everyone expects capex, strong capex growth in 2020, simply because the companies didn't spend the money in 2019. Last, yeah, last year. So you know, they they at some point you have to reinvest just to, for replacement. Um, and things like that. There's, there's, there could be some pent up demand there, um, which I think will be a positive for for flatbed, and you know, in, in industrial production in general. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of positive. At least there's optimism. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen this show up yet. I know there's a lot of sentiment about the market being this. You know, I know I've read the uh, um, articles from Ravi <laughs> talking about how we really expect a robust uh, second. Second half of the year, at least. Right, but, right. Uh, more, uh, trucking market closer to 2018 versus 2019. I think that right. might be a little bit, uh, a little bit of hyperbole there, uh, because we just haven't seen it show up yet. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's not possible. Let me ask you this, Zach: How does your thesis change if we are able to finish January with above a seven percent OTRI? I think that's like a what is huge that? Signal. What does that tell you? That's a huge signal. If we if we finish the month now again. Discounting the fact that we're going to see a little bit of an end of the month bump, like we do every month, right, uh, right. tender rejections, because you do have these surging volumes. Yeah. So let me let me amend that yeah. question. Um, what does it tell you if we stay above seven percent the whole month? If we if we stay above seven percent throughout the rest of the month, we are we are looking at a probably a significant change in the market dynamic. That tells you about um, that the capacity story <laughs> is finally starting to kind of take hold. It tells you that. You know, demand is, is holding up and you know pricing power shifting right it, it means that the supply side is actually in a correction all right now what are the odds <laughs> of that happening they're very low they're <laughs> very, very low. you say very low okay yeah I think right. I think we're, we're, we're still in this we're in a flat market right now a sideways market which is you know it it's a positive sign for January but right. it doesn't necessarily mean we've, we're signaling. I mean, year over year, we're still flat in terms of volume. Right. Uh, year over year, we're still on par with tender rejection rates in general. Again, discounting the fact that we were still coming out of yeah. this hot 2018 market. Right. Uh, if we do, I think we will surpass that. I think we will start to see this year over year change in tender rejection rate because we'll get a lot better comps. Uh, you know, these three, four percent tender rejection rates we saw in April and May last year. I think we will definitely see growth year over year. In that number, I don't think you can expect 
that to have held up. Again, trade war has now been somewhat alleviated. Right. Uh, a lot of the volumes... At least, at least directionally, yeah. it's changed, which is, is what matters for markets that are forward-looking. For sure. You know, in a lot of ways. It's what matters for CEOs. It's what matters for, for procurement strategies and planning and stuff like that. Yeah, you, you, you can't, especially on the spot market. Um, the spot market side is what leads the contracted yeah. freight yeah. side. So I think this year, some of these shippers probably were able to negotiate down uh, off of 2018. Again, if they were getting 5 and 6% rate increases year over year in the previous year, they probably had to pull some of that back at times. Yeah. I think yeah. this year they're definitely looking at it at minimum a 1% to 2% increase year over year. Yeah, I think when it's all said and done. As far as I know, I think that um, there's a pretty unanimous consensus that 2020 should be better than 2019. Yes. For trucking, for, for transportation companies and transportation providers. Yeah, I, th I think that's, that's, it seems like it's very likely at this point. I mean, we saw that directionally in the spot market uh, from, you know, June to Christmas. We see those two peaks, and the Christmas peak was higher than the June peak or the yeah. July peak. Mm -hmm. And uh, that tends to, I think, the last five years, it predicts the direction for the market for the next year. Okay, So great. Uh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, so, but it's not, it's not a huge jump, mind you. We're not going to see, no. again, Ravi's statement about it being a 2018 year where we saw 15 to 20 percent is, I, I don't think that's likely, but again, a, it's, a it's unlikely increase. just because statistically that, speaking, that, that's, and that year was a combination of multiple things that have to happen. If we have three hurricanes, major hurricanes hit the, you know, the country, this, uh, starting this to summer, see a smile on your face. Yeah, it's, <laughs> That's now we're starting to talk uh, right, you right. Know, more likely. But yeah, so the, the market's flat for today, uh, but we are looking uh, into the future a little bit. We do see some signs of an, a heated market here coming up in the next few weeks to a uh, few months. All right. All right, JP. Well, until this time next week, thanks for watching and tuning in. Be sure to check us out on all our social media and all of our uh, videos moving forward. Have a great week.